If at the conclusion of this podcast, pain persists, please consult your local physician. And with that, you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 61, for the week of Wednesday, 24th of April, 2013. I'm Ben, and sitting with me tonight are... Scott. And John. This episode is brought to you by the Pop Culture Superstore and actionfigureblues.com. Tonight, after our regular features, our discussion topic is crowdfunded toy projects. Thanks for joining me, gentlemen. I'd ask how you are, but we're like less than 30 seconds into the podcast and I've already upset Scott. Scott, are you still talking to me? I'm disillusioned. <laughs> I, think we, I think we need to share. Um, I, ben has just revealed that he his uh, custom intros to the episodes, he, he plans them, he writes them out, and I'm, I'm stunned and, and disillusioned. Well, it's not that I, I sort of plan them and write them out. It's just they usually come to me like in the middle of the week while I'm supposed to be doing something important at work, and I think, oh yeah, I'll just write that down. And so you write them down. Yeah, I I'll forget that, otherwise. I, I thought they were just you know the funny things that rolled off your tongue the first you know thing oh, that no. comes to your head, like what I do. I've told you before, Barry. I've got a memory like a sieve. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> Excellent. You're still at your new job? Yeah, yes, I've decided to stay for more, for more than two weeks. Yes. Good, I know. Um, yeah, Just no. so you can claim sick leave. Yeah, look, I'm, I, you know, having worked in schools for 18 years, um, I'm really enjoying this change. However, it's so quiet. <laughs> and it's so, the pace is so different. Like, I'm, I'm working too fast. <laughs> Yes. I, I, you know, I'm getting kind of, and they're like, oh, don't, don't rush. Like, you know, that was great, but you know, gosh, you don't, you don't have to do that so quickly. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can slow down. That's not a problem. I'm just used to having to, you know, someone might be dying outside. So I'm just used to having to do it quickly. So now I'm real, I'm really enjoying it. It's a good change. So are you the guy that's always lurking in the kitchen, just like thriving for some conversation? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. I've worked out now, like I'm working with a bunch of software developers, you know, and so I've kind of worked out now who, who is chatty and when they're chatty. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so no, it's all, it's all good. All Excellent. Good. <laughs> Excellent. John, what about you? Have you recovered from JoeCon? Um, yeah, yeah. And actually, you know, I, I was supposed to be on last week, obviously, and, um, I wasn't, but, uh, the, Last the week before this, I had got some just unsettling news at work. Um, we'll just say, and I, I was kind of having a bad day, so I I uh, was on my way home. This is the week after JoeCon, and I'm listening to a podcast. I was listening to Plan Banter. Those guys always give us a shout out, and uh, they were doing a special show on their favorite Batman stories. And I was like, oh, cool. And they were going through different stories and stuff I hadn't read, and I was like, oh, this is pretty neat, you know, because they'd all kind of pick some to recommend. And then it happened. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You can probably see what's coming. They said one of their favorite stories was Nightfall. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so. So you 
deleted it? You? I didn't delete it, but I, I actually may have turned it off for a little bit. But I was just about home, so it kind of worked out. <laughs> you, you know that, uh, my, that I my um enjoyment of Bane has got nothing to do with Nightfall. It's it's um the, I only came to like that character through what Gil Simone did with him in Secret Six. Mm, agreed. Yeah, like before that, I just thought it was he was a one note ridiculous character, um, but what what Gail did with him in Secret Six is what actually made me really like the character. Nothing to do with Nightfall. Maybe I should read that. Maybe I'd feel different. But oh, you would. You would. It I is mean, brilliant. It is the big. The biggest loss of the biggest casualty, I think, of the new Fifty Two. You know, there was a, a lot that wasn't working, and so you know, fair enough to bring a halt to it. But then you lose great things like Secret Six, which was just a brilliant, brilliant comic a brilliant run and you know really stopped for no good reason brilliant yes, yes yeah. agreed yeah. agreed all right well before we get uh yeah too solemn in in, in that sort of stuff <laughs> maybe we should just skip ahead to some articulated news impossible the hall of justice under attack batman behind bars new from kenner's superpowers collection hall of justice playset some assembly required vehicles and figures sold separately well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. Now, we're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just the stories that relate to the things that we're interested in and may have caught our eye this week. And, John, you've got something. Yeah, it appears <laughs> we're getting a bunch of uh, Hobbit news this week. Um, the first up, Gentle Giant is going to have a Goblin King bust. Uh, it's like a ha- or like a mini bust, sort of to the waist, but uh, <laughs> blobby that kind is of like, creature. Uh, something to terror- terrorize your children with, I reckon. Mm, the king, well, no, especially. The, 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 the truly terrifying part is he comes with a bonus goblin mini scribe, <laughs> and uh, he's kind of so ugly. He's cute, <laughs> maybe. The, I'm sorry, sitting on. Those guys Sitting need all... to see a doctor. They need to see a skin specialist. I mean, seriously. They kind of look like Baron Harkonnen's skin condition from Dune. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, where the doctor was going at him with the needles. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. When, when you actually compare the size of the two of them, the, the big one is either really, really big or the little one is really, really little. Do, what's, still... what's the scale? Don't know. It doesn't actually say. That's why I'm curious. I mean, there was a time where busts were actually busts. They would feature a head and maybe a small portion of the the shoulders and chest. And now uh, a bust just seems to be um, waist up. Mm. Do, do you have a Caesar bust on your uh, shelf over there or Beethoven? No. <laughs> no, it's in storage. Hmm. Well... Moving on from that, um, Bridge, Bridge Direct is uh, coming at us with a second wave of, of Hobbit figures, which I am sure will will make Eric's happy because I think he has all of the first wave. Um, looks like we're going to get uh, Radagast, uh, Azog, Bjorn, and another Gandalf, maybe. Um, there's also going to be some packs with... Uh, different dwarves. There's a, a Bilbo Baggins burglar pack with Biffer, Bomber, Boffer, and Oin. Good grief. And an exclusive, uh, invisible Bilbo, which is, you know, kind of cool because everybody likes, uh, everybody likes a, uh, invisible translucent figure, so. 
I think we have to give some credit to Bridge Direct because when we first talked about this company and we really had no idea about them and, and certainly this was their first foray into um, licensed action figures, um, you know, we were a bit uh, sceptical, but, you know, the fact that we were actually getting, um, you know, future waves is actually quite nice because there was always that little bit of concern that you'd get the initial figures, uh, they wouldn't sell very well, and then you'd never see any of the, the subsequent series and you'd never actually complete the lineup. Mm. So certainly they're getting close. They've certainly persisted. How has the, the distribution been over there for you guys? Yeah, they're on the shelves. I don't know if they've been huge sellers, but they... Because you know, I've only there. ever here, I've only ever seen them at two stores, um, Toys R Us and a chain we have called Meyer in the Midwest. Not the Fred Meyer that you see, out, you know, out on some of the on the other coast. How do you spell um, that? M E I J E R. Uh, okay, because we one of our major department store chains here is Meyer, but it's M Y E R. Yeah, it's like not Oscar Meyer, but definitely not the same. Hmm. I've definitely seen these at Toys R Us um, and some of the sort of the, the independent st- um, chains like Toy World and things like that. So they're out and about. Yeah. I it just, I, I, I wish I, they would get more distribution. You know, um, if, if they were at Walmart, they'd probably be a little bit cheaper and I'd be a little bit more likely to get them. Hmm. Or they'll probably go on clearance here, so we'll keep an eye out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else have you seen? Funko, because, you know, I, I love the people over at Funko. They um, they have a bunch of stuff coming out in May, including Masters of the Universe. So if you've ever wanted a, uh, a Stinkor, or no, I guess that's Spikor, not Stinkor, um, Hordak, uh, He-Man, She-Ra, and Skeletor in the pop vinyl form, they are going to be coming at you. So they're, they're, they're march forward to dominate every single license ever created continues. Continues, absolutely. Yeah. And I actually like the Skeletor. I hate to say that, but... Uh, why? He'd look cool next to Ghost Rider. They're cute. They're cute. I, I don't own any Masters of the Universe stuff, but I just like that Skeletor. <laughs> oh, well, dear. he definitely falls under the, under the category of TV and film toys. Well, he does do that. So, so. you know, you never know. You could yeah, use never know. You could use him and Ghost Rider to sort of bookend the the Bane figure that we're sending you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that would be okay. <laughs> well, they're they're also coming up with some more uh, TV and uh, film stuff coming up here uh, in May, um, including uh, Hannibal Lecter on his little um, dolly <laughs> <Trolley>. <laughs> with, with the face mask on. Ace Ventura, which kind of seems out of date, but. We'll, we'll give it to him. Um, Robocop, probably in time for the new movie, although this looks like a classic Robocop mm. in the silver armor. And, you know, the, being that stylized, he could probably pass for either. And then um, I was figuring Ben would latch onto this. They are um, coming out with a Predator and an Alien pot vinyl. Yay! The alien's <laughs> got the little mouth appendage mm. coming out. So they both cool. look fantastic. Yeah, I. I think those look pretty cool. Yeah, sold. So, so the bigger question I think should be like, what property out there has not been done by Funko yet? Uh, they don't. They don't do DC, right? Yeah, they do. 
Oh, they do. Don't yeah, they? my Miss Twelve has got all the DC ones. So her her book oh, yeah. case is covered with them. I know oh. they've done the Muppets, but have they extended to the Sesame Street characters? That I don't know. I was thinking they did, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. <clears throat> Maybe not because that's like a separate license, so they may not have done the Sesame Street characters. Yeah, and, I, and if they had a Grover, I'd probably have to get him. <laughs> I mean, they've done the Hangover. Mm. You know, like the, mm. the, seriously. Maybe they haven't done the Simpsons. Have they done the Simpsons? They have done the Simpsons. Oh my lord! Yeah. I don't know if they've okay. done Futurama though. Or Futurama, but I mean, there's still quite a few out there. I mean, they could even go so far as to like the yeah, Hanna they've Barbera done Futur- and... they've done Futurama. I just googled. Oh, okay. yeah. What about Hanna Barbera? Uh... Ooh, Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> anyway, I bet they have. That, they haven't done Johnny Quest. <laughs> <gasps> I bet they haven't done Johnny Quest. Mm, maybe we should send them a list. We should. <laughs> I gotta wonder: Is there like a any Funko collectors out there? Mm. You know that that just collect Funko stuff. I mean, you could you could just collect that stuff and have a pretty diverse and. There must be. Big, there must be. Surely, people like you know, there's collectors of everything. You could just pile them on top of each other and then just completely cover a wall. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my oldest daughter has got all the DC ones, and she um, has them all in their boxes, um, stacked, you know, in meticulous order that I don't quite understand, but it means something to her. Um, <laughs> well, they're numbered, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, but it's not quite that. It's some other kind of pattern. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, you know, she loves them, absolutely loves them. And she started on the Star Wars ones as well, God help me. Mm. Oh wow! I know, um, but I think there's a lot of people. There's a lot of customizing happening as well because, of course, you know they're cheap and pretty standard. So, mm. you know, I've seen a fair few great customs of the Funko stuff around the web. Mm. Yeah, you, you kind of wonder if they'll ever put out a blank. You know, here's a dude, <laughs> kind of a dude. <laughs> make, make your own a Funko dude. Make your own. Funko dude. You, do one of your family members because we've done everybody else. <laughs> we could use a Ben. Yeah, we could definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, negotiations with Sideshow. No, I meant fun. You could. We could use a Funko Ben. Yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> haven't done the AFB. That's right. Property yet? <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Well, we can get some support. Uh, I think we're. I think we're losing it. I think we're getting off track here, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll. We'll. we'll Burst ahead into the future at warp speed. Woohoo! <laughs> um, nice segue. Yeah. Diamond Select is, uh, yeah, I didn't write that down. <laughs> you know, I can tell. <laughs> Diamond Select's continuing their Star Trek line um, with uh, the first that we've seen in the next generation, I believe, because we've seen Kirk, we've seen Spock, and they. I was excited when I saw the headline because this is Picard. And then I saw it. (laughs) This is not one of my favorites. This is Picard. He's got a phaser out. He's on a uh, Borg base. It's got like, looks like a Borg ship, just little rectangly thing. And a Borg corpse laying next to him. Well, at least half of it. But somewhere in the face, (laughs) it's just went. Horribly wrong. <laughs> Here's I what I say. think. The nose. Start talking about the nose. <laughs> Here's what I think happened. 
Um, the guy fell, and I'm sorry because it says who the sculptor is, and I'm not going to pick on him too much. Um, it looks like he fell asleep watching Downton Abbey and sculpted Carson. <laughs> because that's who this looks like to me. It looks like Carson in a Star Trek uniform. Yes. I but, just don't know how they let that through. Like, it is just... It, <laughs> I mean, there are people who are very difficult to sculpt. Uh, I know... I read an interview with a sculptor who tried several times to capture Buffy for the um, for the Diamond Select series and said what a frustrating experience it was. But, I mean, yeah, Picard's not someone who I, I sort of would put into that category. The figures we've had before haven't been too bad. Well, they've been so, brilliant. They've been, yeah. they've, they have done a very good job with him, you know, same company in their earlier lines. So there's just there's absolutely no excuse for this. Yeah, I mean, it's... I can understand, you know, you have a bit of a go at sculpting it, and, and this is this is your first, um, you know, first attempt. But I find it unusual that the company hasn't actually come back and said, mm, "Could you just go back and try and tweak it?" Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you know, when people, the, when the, the first sort of comments that get left, um, you know, if someone said, "Is that Patrick Stewart or Abe Vigoda?" <laughs> someone said, "Neither. It's Jimmy Durante." Uh, um, uh, uh. Yeah. Well, I think they're pretty spot on. Certainly, bit, bit disappointing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're a fan of this series and you're picking them up, that's um, going to be a, a huge exclusion if you chose not to pick it up because it's not like they'd be getting around to him, you know, anytime soon. <laughs> well, and it's it's kind of even for Picard. I he's not the you know the action hero. I, I don't know why they would do him that way. You know, mm. even on that kind of base. I don't. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Hmm. Bit of worrying. All right. Well, moving on. Scott, seen anything? I have. Um, there's a company that I must confess that I had not heard of until this week called the Figures Toy Company um, that has announced two different lines of uh, retro Batman um, Mego-style 8-inch figures. There is a, a retro Batman... Um, series based on comic designs that um, Wave 1 has got Batman, Joker, Robin, Riddler, and they're, they look all right. Um, well, those are pretty much straight-up copies of the original Mego ones, aren't they? I don't know about the Joker. The Joker looks a little bit like um, Ronald McDonald's <laughs> on a green day. Like I, um, I, don't, I don't know. But the... It's- sorry. I'll I'll look it up. Okay. The the but what's really of interest because those the, that first set for me is a nice but easy pass. Mattel did them better, um, but they're also doing a set of Batman TV series figures, and they've shown head sculpts for uh, the Joker and Egghead, and they are stunning. Stunning mm, mm. likenesses, stunning. Um, so, uh, you know that this is something I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. Um, and they've also got plans for all the characters they can do. Of course, um, Yvonne, what's her name? Yvonne Craig. Yeah. Um, has not joined in on the um, 
likeness rights party for this, um, <laughs> which for, for which, uh, well, there you go. Um, so we're not getting any Batgirls in these lines at the moment, but everybody else is in. So series one of the TV line from Figures Toy Company is going to be Batman, Robin, the Riddler, and Joker. But future series will include Penguin, Catwoman, Dick Grayson, Bruce Wayne, King Tut, Egghead, Mr. Freeze, etc., etc. Um, oh, and the pres- the Joker in prison baseball outfit. <laughs> um, and it says they're going to, they're, they're going to be in eight inch and twelve inch. So let's hope that they can uh, maintain and actually get these out there. Hmm. Yep. The uh, AFB research department tells me that um, these are pretty much copies of the Migo. original Mego figures. Even yeah. that Joker. Yeah. Really. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Those, those, that first set, that's easy pass for me. Um, the second one is uh, definitely of interest. Hmm. The gloves look better, though, than what I remember the Mego gloves looking. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, in DC and Bat-related news, Kotobukiya has announced the next in their Artifacts um, DC New 52 line, and it is Catwoman. Um Looking Catwoman-y. <laughs> Man, she's got some serious hips. She has got hips, baby. Mm. Um, but and removable goggles, which is you know nice. Um, but mm, nothing. This line doesn't really excite me. I've seen some of these in person now, and the the paint seems to be leaving a little bit to be desired. I've seen. Green lanterns with lots of green paint smudge on on white gloves, and I've seen some flashes looking a bit dodgy as well. So these are a low lower end line. Um, they're not cheap. No, no, they're not cheap, but still they are cheaper than, um, say, the Bashojos, etc. Um, so you can even see her zipper's not real cleanly done. No, no. On so, this one, I mean, you can see it in the, the one couple of the shots. N- nothing to really write home about there. And, and speaking of things, Batman, not to write home about, Medicom also has got um, a Catwoman <clears throat> and a Harley Quinn um, in a hush line of one six scale figures. And these, I, dear, do not like. They're they're almost red card worthy. Yeah. The, they're they're Turner esque, I'd have to say. Um, it's not quite right, is it? No, there's just... just something. Um, I don't know. With obviously just the basic um, buck that is not really working, and the, fa- the well, there you go. Well, it's like they never <laughs> intended that that buck to be used as a skin tight. Yeah, you're you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, so, you know, a fair bit of coin required for these. These are um, speculated to be around 150 to 200 US each, and uh, I, I'll be spending my money elsewhere. That's really not far off a Hot Toys. No. Why anyone else would be jumping into this when, when Sideshow is doing all these characters right at the moment? I have no idea, mm. but there you go. Um, but where I will be spending my money, um, is on Mezco, 
Metsits because they have announced a two-inch blind box series of DC figures, and the lineup includes Aquaman. <sighs> so <laughs> I, I I would totally be immune to this um, if there wasn't Aquaman there, but so, someone needs to find me one of these so I don't end up spending all my money trying to find one. I'll just buy a case. Yeah, I, I can get a case from um, from Mezco themselves. Uh, I can pre-order a case right now for three hundred and seventy-three dollars. That's a steal. There's like seventy-two figures. Yeah. If you don't get Aquaman in that, well, it says it's gar- well, each each set's guaranteed to have at least one, and you have a ten percent chance of getting Aquaman. So, but still, I'm not spending three hundred and seventy-three dollars to try and get a two-inch Aquaman figure. Jeez, I, I, I'm surprised he's at ten percent of that box. <laughs> well, that's when you look at the breakdown. That's one of the lower ones. The other, like in terms of the um, the characters, there's Batman, Green Lantern, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, and Aquaman. And then there's variants of some of those. But of the main characters, Aquaman's percentage is the lowest. Mm. So don't, don't worry, all is right with the world. No, nothing, no, no imbalance has been. You know. Well, I mean, I'm sure you can get him on eBay because nobody's gonna. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Lucky, I'm sure he'll be out there. Yeah. Hmm. That Wonder Woman looks just ticked off, doesn't she? <laughs> she doesn't look happy. No, it's interesting. Doesn't look happy. I don't think. All right, very good. That's my news. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> moving straight on into other things. Our friends at oh geez, you know what is it? It's Code 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 What? Kotobukiya, yeah. Kotobukiya. I just wanted to get it right because you always like make fun of me when I get it wrong. We just make fun of you regardless. Mm, fair enough. All right, yeah. moving on. Uh, we're getting a war machine. Yay! And it's actually pretty cool. I'm I was quite impressed with the pose. It's um, they've obviously tried to do something a little bit different here. Uh, um, war machine is actually flying and. The base looks like it's made up of, um, oh, you know, a bit of piping. Looks like something you'd probably see as part of um, a bridge. And they've done a very clever thing where they've managed to use a, a peg attachment from the side of his leg <coughs> into the side of um, a piece of piping. And so from the right angle, ever so subtly, it does look like he's suspended in the air. And I think they made a pretty good effort at this. Yeah. It's good looking. Yeah. I'm not sure I like the design, but it's like <laughs> try and do something a little different, and you're not happy. Oh no! I mean, I I like the design of the the piece. I don't like the war machine design necessarily. It's like Iron Man's gotten chunkier, but War Machine's gotten smoother. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And I, in my world, I would see him going the other way. Well, I think whenever. A different company takes on an Iron Man or, or a War Machine or, or anything like that. They're, you know, I mean, Bowen's the same. You're putting yourself at risk of picking a version that um, people aren't going to like and then complain about. And I guess that's why Bowen ends up doing sort of the, you know, the variants um, for different characters. I think uh, what Miss Marvel has now had about three or four different statues covering the uh, the different looks, but. Huh. Um, yeah, look, this this guy's out in October, and um, he's in the same scale as the previous series. Um, yeah, I think they've done a good job. I agree. I agree. Hmm. Anyway, all right, moving on. 
Um, we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead, and for a change, it's not about the um, fairly ordinary figures from McFarlane. Instead, we're talking about a gentle giant Walking Dead uh, bust of uh, our favourite um, redneck, and that's uh, Daryl Dixon. Now, they've released some, some concept art, and it, it shows Daryl with the, the crossbow sort of slung over the shoulder, meandering along in his sleeveless, uh, sleeveless shirt and vest. And, um, I mean, it's hard to tell from the concept art because you never know sort of how close they'll get with a final product. Um, but I think, you know, they've picked a pretty decent sort of pose for this. But I'm not sure if this indicates the start of a regular line. I thought they had done some previously, maybe. Well, we've certainly seen the zombies. Was that from General Giant? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't think so. I, th- I'm, I, don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, something like this with General Giant, if they're, they're just showing concept art now, that means that this actual product is at least five years away. I wouldn't get too mm. excited about it, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. Look, this is supposedly, <laughs> I mean, when you've got a release date that it just says 12 slash 13. Oh, please. Um, and I mean, if yeah, it's... it looks, looks like they've done a Rick Grimes before. Uh, a bit of a worry when they've said a release date is 12 slash 13 and we're already sort of four months into 13 and the concept art is only just being shown now. Um, but it looks like it'll be a decent size. It's got a suggested retail price of $75 and uh, I hope for fans' sake if they commit to a piece like this they do get the rest of the characters to sort of put together the the main team. Yeah. Hmm. Not for me. Oh. No, I'm, I'm not that fast. I'd just uh, settle for a, a decent set of six-inch action figures. Yes. And I say six-inch, six-inch scale, you know, yeah. common scale. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, moving on, um, just swinging back to uh, Diamond Select. I heard yeah. that sigh, John. <laughs> okay. Glad somebody did. Diamond Select are releasing figures in the Universal Monsters Select line. Um, these guys come in at seven inches, and as it says, they're the, uh, the Universal Monsters. So we're looking at um, the the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and um, they've got a, a pretty good. This is the actual classic um, Hunchback, so you've got a pretty good likeness of Lon Chaney there as the Hunchback. Um, I mean, you know, it, it pretty much sort of speaks for itself. You've got the gargoyle base, base for him to stand on, and he's in the. Um, Sort of the, the the clown, the fool's outfit. The only thing that's not really working for me is he's. I'd say the crown that he's wearing is a, a separate piece, and it just kind of sits over the top of his his hair, so it's kind of probably a little bit bigger than it needs to be, so yeah. that you can take it off and just have normal hair, or you know, with or without the crown. So, but you know, that's not a bad looking figure if you're into that sort of stuff. No, I so, like it. Yeah, it's out in September 13. If you've never seen the original film, I do suggest um, go out and uh, watch it because it's it's very, very good. Um, and coming from the same gang, uh, we get um, Jekyll and Hyde. And uh, we're getting a Boris Karloff version again in a 7-inch scale. So we get um, Boris in his swish suit, his dapper-looking suit with his... Uh, his top hat and his cane and that sort of thing, and it looks like you can actually get um, swap out like inter- interchangeable heads, so you can swap him out with Mister Hyde as well as um, the hands, obviously, because you need those those hairy hands to go with it. Yeah, um, yeah it comes with a, a rooftop display because you know 
most um, beasts just stand on rooftops looking around. So uh, again, look for that one to come out in September 2013. Thank you, uh, thank you, Diamond Select for actually giving us a month. Yeah. His uh, top hat's kind of like the crown, though it looks like, at least on the wolf version. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, kind of perched up there. What I think is kind of odd in the promo shot is why you'd have this kind of beast of a man wearing a top hat. I assume the top hat actually goes with the uh, the Boris Karloff head. So yeah, I, th- I think so. Mm. <laughs> but it's your figure; you can do whatever the hell you want with it. That's right. All right. Well, that was quite the epic. Good I stuff. Think that, yeah, that wraps up the articulated news. So we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game. Name that. Well, now it's time for everybody's favourite podcast game, Name That. Our good friend John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd from TVandFilmToys.com, go check it out, presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. So, over to you, John. Well, I went with something a little different last week. They were talking about spines and tails and all sorts of things in there, so i got to ask if the Mr. Editor will put the sound in right here. Well, I would just love to. Well, boys, any guesses? My Little Pony. <laughs> Ooh. No, but you're probably on the right track. Yeah, I, it definitely rang a bell, but I couldn't quite get there. It's a uh, Ben. Did you have a guess? Uh, not a good one. Uh, it's a uh, play school dinosaurs line. Oh, it was a commercial okay. for play school dinosaurs, um, which I, I saw the commercial. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, they were just these dinosaurs for kids to just kind of smash around, basically, you know, little kids. Cool. And little kids love dinosaurs, so that they makes sure sense. They sure do. That's right. Well, there you go. Did anyone enjoy the TV show? What? It was okay. I liked it. But it has its fans. <laughs> it has its fans. I'm not one of them, but it has its fans. So, we will move on to this week's sound, though. Are you guys ready? I'm so ready. Yeah. Okay. Ben, you ready? Always. Okay, here it is. <laughs> it's an actual toy sound! Yeah, we'll, we'll go one more time. Here we go. Oh, man. And that should be a fairly easy one, so if Tarzan. you've got a guess. Uh, yeah, it, it's Tarzan. If you've got a guess, <laughs> come on over to the AFB forum and tell us over there, um, because we'll give you you know, the coveted AFB forum points if you get it right. I'm sticking with My Little Pony. <laughs> it is not My Little Pony. Man. You will, you will get negative forum points. Oh, what? Uh-huh. All right. (laughs) Well, thanks for that, as usual, John. And coming up next, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Yo, Hicks! Something big is in the air! It's the alien flying queen! And her gruesome gorilla! 
gorillas send in the ultimate space marine, Atax, disguised in his big, bad bug suit. He sneaks in and takes him out. But the Flying Queen unmasks him. <sighs> send in Hicks and the heavily armored evac fighter. Send in the Marines. Blast them. Yeah. And bottle them. And it's bye-bye bug, each sold separately. Aliens. We're all here because we collect, so feeding the addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. And John, did you pick up anything at JoeCon? Yeah, I got, um, there's their Creo, you know, their little Lego figures. They had a special one with a parachute, and so I, I got him because he was the convention exclusive uh, <laughs> cool. figure. Cool. <laughs> yeah, they actually did a parachute drop with them on Friday. Um, they dropped, I think, about 200 of them off of a building. <laughs> they, they do a parachute drop every year, so um, that was kind of cool. Excellent. But, uh, so, so I got one of those figures, and I got a... Uh, now, sorry, that just brings back a flashback. Was there some story about something going wrong with that last year? or? I, you know, I don't know. I know there was one of the years where people were fighting kids for the figures. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about, yeah, where... <laughs> You know, that's not right. And they said this year they were real, everybody was real good, and the kids good. got to go in there first and, good. you know, get everything they wanted. So <laughs> I guess it worked out well. Excellent. And I got a, a snake armor, which is, um, you know, the, the Cobra, like, mech suit kind of. Um, but I got one of the ones from Rise of Cobra, so it's black instead of the traditional white. Um, but I got it for a really good price. And they were sold out of T-shirts. That really made me mad because I wanted an Adventure Team T-shirt. I got Ooh. up there. I said, do you have this size? And they said, no. I said, well, do you have this size? And they said, no. And I said, well, do you have this size? And they said, no. <laughs> You've just got the, the four times extra small. Yeah, that's pretty much what they had left at that point. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't think that's going to fit me. <laughs> Excellent. Good How stuff. <laughs> what about you, Scott? What have you picked up? I got my Marvel Select Rhino, and I also got the Lizard as well, which was a Disney Store exclusive, and he is awesome. This is the comic-style Lizard, not the movie one. Cool. Um, great figure, great for the Marvel Select Spider-Man collection. Um, I got the Marvel Universe latest set of team packs. There's a X-Men set with Wolverine, Longshot, and Rogue. A West Coast Avengers set with Hawkeye, War Machine, and Mockingbird, and an Inhumans set with Black Bolt, Medusa, and Karnak. So lots of characters there that haven't been done before, um, which is great. Um, I do, it's funny how, you know, they improve the bucks of these, but then they still go back to the old ones. So for example, they have done a greatly improved female buck for this from the original um and so if you look at medusa she is on the new buck and she's fantastic and then you go to mockingbird and she's still on the original female marvel universe buck which was pretty average so why they do that i don't know it's annoying um, no, i imagine it has to do with um you know like like they were saying before when we've had katrina on she uh saying that you know they they kind of go for the price of the whole wave so yeah. i'm sure that has something to do with it yeah you're probably right yes i'm sure you're right so um you know M mockingbird is a, a character i've always really liked this is a it's kind of a weird um amalgamation of different costumes of hers it's not quite classic it's certainly not modern the rogue is really nice and the long shot's really nice that's a, a great a great set um but M medusa is 
really cool the way that they've sculpted her hair and the hair actually um helps her stand up as well she's groovy so fun stuff i hope they keep doing these because it's an opportunity to put some characters out there that mightn't work as a single carded release yeah um, and good fun and then finally just today i picked up from all-star comics my bowen strong guy mini bust and he is awesome <laughs> he is just so cool and i mean i love peter david's x-factor um one of the guys at all-star was actually saying that he he's dressing up as madrox for with a whole bunch of other guys for a free comic book day <laughs> and so but he'd never actually read the 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 current um x-factor run and he started reading and has just kept going because it, it's such a great run and uh this is th- this is his more cl- his classic x-factor gear not current but um you know uh, it's fun character and i really hope this means that we will see some other x-factor characters in bust form from bowen as well great fun yeah very good and uh just on uh strong guy news there was actually a, a picture on the net of um peter david holding his uh strong guy minibus oh really oh, yeah. fantastic! yeah so i think um you know in in recent news peter david hasn't been doing so well after oh. suffering a, a stroke um so you know i mean if uh, if there's something like that that could cheer you up i mean that's that's got to do it that is so awesome yeah so all right, very good. And as for me, um, I've been picking up the Playmates TMNT figures, the the four inch line in particular, and, and enjoying those. And um, as is uh, any line in Australia, there's the, uh, an element of worry that we'll actually get um, the full waves of the figures and the assorted um, uh, vehicles and things to go with it. And with the announcement of the the Ninja Turtles sewer lair playset, I thought, oh, that's something that we'll actually never end up seeing in Australia because the price point will just be, you know, just too high. Um, when sure enough, I actually came across it in an independent toy store in, in my hometown and it was actually on one of those kind of introductory sale prices. And uh, I was with uh, my wonderful other half, and I saw it and went, oh, my God, it's the sewer layer playset. That's so cool. And she said, okay, I'll buy it for you. <gasps> and, I, and I went, yay, you're the best. Uh, 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 uh. So um, I haven't had a chance to really sort of unpack it and, and do anything with it, but um, I was just thrilled to actually see it. That's so cool. Have you seen the smaller one that's in the pizza box? No. I'll have to no. see if I can find a picture to send you because there's, no. there's a smaller set that kind of like it's in a pizza box and you unfold it it's like maybe 10 by 10 inches oh cool very good yeah i've really been surprised actually pleasantly surprised by how um prevalent the new teenage mutant tinges No, that's a disease. Um, the, ginger, <laughs> the Ninja Turtles line has been at retail here in Australia. Yeah, because we just we don't get much, you know. Yeah, yeah. and look, much. and I think it's a credit to the show too because mm. um, it, it's my favourite show on TV at the moment. It's just fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, if no one has any other items to report, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, Bizarro World? Well, Red Carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or worse. And any other penalty this week is me. So, over to me. <laughs> um, 
you know, we all have our eBay saved searches where we go off and have a look for something out of curiosity. And, you know, if we're generally under that sort of that little bit of hope that we might find someone listing something that's, um, you know, a bit cheaper than what it would normally go for. And maybe that might tempt you to commit to it. And I was having a bit of a wander the other day and uh, looking for Indiana Jones items. When I came across the Hot Toys Indiana Jones figure, uh, but it wasn't the Hot Toys Indiana Jones figure. Um, not, not even a little bit? Well, it's the same scale. I think that's about the only thing it has going for it. Now, what this figure is, well, it's kind of hard to say. The, the seller seems to be pimping it as a 2000 release. Um, now, this is on uh, eBay. Well, it's, it's coming from France. Okay. So to say this figure is pretty awful is a bit of an understatement. Even for 2000 standards, it's fairly ordinary. However, it's not unexpected. It's, you know, we, we certainly see companies doing different figures in, in different price brackets. And, you know, I mean, Hasbro did their own 12-inch figure when uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, etc. However, this particular seller is asking um, somewhere in the vicinity of about 230 240 US dollars for what's a bit of a tragedy I think it's say uh, it's um if you were in the market for a hot toys Indiana Jones figure and that was uh, the search criteria you typed in you'd, you'd be a little surprised by this one I think um oh where do we start um we, we could talk about the the clown hat that he comes with um, we could talk about the gigantic pants that he comes with. Those aren't gigantic. Those are MC Hammer pants. <laughs> they are. Aren't they, they the, are. Is that the same thing? Um, no, because he could dance on those. Okay. We've those, got are a, for, those are for fighting. They're loose. We have a dreadful head sculpt. Um, I don't know what's worse, the, the badly sort of um, dry-brushed, washed hair, the pink lips. He looks like he's got sort of candy pink lipstick on. Um, I, I can't get past the hat. I'm still stuck on the hat. I, I uh, think all it's missing is a few corks dangling down from it, then it would be fine. Like, yeah. And it's, he, it's hilarious. He has something in his left hand. I think it's meant to represent the, the bag of sand that he puts on the altar when he, when he uh, takes the idol at the beginning of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But... Um, I don't know. I think I'd prefer the fertility idol uh, as opposed to just a, a bag of something. Um, the, the revolver that he comes with is not even remotely accurate to the, the, the one he uses in the film, and it also looks horribly undersized. Um, the, the whip is, oh, God knows what that is. It just looks like a few pieces of, um, pieces of string tied together. Um, I mean, overall, look, you know, it's it's something that you do come across in your travels as a toy collector. It's not unexpected. But um, I assume what they're trying to do with this particular auction is go, oh, yeah, this is a, a fairly old figure, so it must be worth a lot of money. Um, Please. You can, you can go ahead and pay $240 for it. Ironically, the little, um, you know, his little accessory bag, his, his man purse, Looks looks pretty decent for that scale. <laughs> Man, mm. <laughs> well, I mean, it is actually a um, World War One um, German gas mask bag that he uses. Mm. 
But I think what's even scarier is on the front of the, the box, if you can call it that, it says special quality original figure. So I don't know, maybe it's some sort of, you know, rejected Hot Toys prototype. Well, uh, all I can say is, like, we, we, we've we tended to stay away from weird eBay stuff for Red Carter for a while just because there's so much out there that is mildly weird. <laughs> but, you know, and Ben finds these things and often I'm like, yeah, no, let's do something else. But this is just <laughs> so bad that I, I had to give it a go. It, it is just so bad that it's yeah. funny. Mm, so indeed. Bad, it's funny. But if you're a uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark completist and you have to have this in your um, <laughs> your collection, I, I would actually suggest try and do a bit of a, uh, a search for other um, other auctions selling this figure because I suspect you'd find it a lot cheaper than $240. I would say that your Raiders of the Lost Ark collection would still be complete without this. I, mm. I don't think this is actually required for a complete <laughs> Raiders of the Ark collection by any means. Mm, indeed. Very, very average. All right, well, coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. And now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Crowdfunding has become the means by which people big on dreams but short on capital can attempt to make a hobby project or a great idea become a reality. On sites like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, we've seen quite a number of comics and toy-related projects that have found an audience and been successful in meeting their fundraising targets. Tonight we're going to be talking to the people behind two toy-related projects which have each found backing on Kickstarter. We've asked them questions not just about their products, both of which are based on fantastic ideas, but also what the process of running a crowdfunding campaign has been like, and what lies ahead for them now that they actually have to produce the toys, in some instances at a much higher number than what they'd expected. And with that, let's listen to two great interviews about crowdfunded toy projects. Well, we are talking crowdsourced toy projects tonight, and one of our guests tonight is Todd Broadwater, who has a successfully funded but not closed yet Kickstarter project. And Todd, we are really happy to have you join us. Thank you so much. Thank you. I am really excited to be here and talk to you guys and explain what's what I'm doing with the figures and and how they came to be and and how they came to be on Kickstarter. Wonderful. So we're talking legendary monsters, and as we um, said before we started recording, this is a name that rings a bell for us because it's actually an idea that's been around for quite some time. Is that correct? It is correct. Uh, years ago, I worked as a toy designer, uh, mainly specializing in action figures, vehicles, and playsets. And this was the first line that I developed on my own. Um, and I had the first few monsters designed that I put out to the public. And then I had to put it on hold for a while while I switched careers. And then years and years later, I had still planned on putting it out. It never quite happened. And then I came across Kickstarter and I realized that that was the perfect tool to use to actually get them out and to allow them to be funded by the public. And I wouldn't have to deal with the same limited, uh, 
restrictions that I had with distributors or other toy companies. Hmm. So, so tell us a bit about the, the line and how the idea came to you and I guess the, the first wave that's up on Kickstarter. What, sure. What's, what's in that? Well, the line itself is is it's an action figure line that's based on creatures and monsters of urban legend and folklore. So they are all the tales of monsters and demons and creatures that span worldwide that are more of our modern folklore, um, and they all resonate in different parts of the world for different reasons. Like I have four, the first four creatures are some of the most uh, I think well known. Uh, what they consider cryptids, which are unknown species or undiscovered species. They also straddle the line between legend and urban legend because, of course, there's no proof for creatures like Bigfoot and Chupacabra and Mothman and the Jersey Devil. And I went with the primarily the four most well-known ones, with the exception of Bigfoot. I chose another Bigfoot-like creature, which is the Missouri Monster, hmm. who is considered to be the East Coast Bigfoot uh, of the United States, because I thought his story and background was more colorful, and he showed up in the annals of time, like strolling out of the woods, carrying a dead dog under his arm, covered in blood, and I thought that that was far more exciting <laughs> of a visual than Bigfoot sort of just strad gradually, casually walking past someone. Um, so he seemed far more menacing and far more interesting. And yeah. so th that's why I focused on him. And, and Chupacabra, were, at the time that I was designing these, which was around 2000, um, originally sculpting them, he was sort of like the new guy in the mix uh, in terms of the legends and, and the cryptids. And I yeah. chose him because I thought he was really colorful and really kind of bizarre and alien. And there was all this background about goats being drained of blood. And that became <laughs> interesting. And Mothman was always my favorite in terms of my favorite story and legend that I read as a kid about this thing that could fly and chase cars that had glowing eyes and, hmm. you know, was discovered in a, a abandoned weapons factories. And they was thought to be an area where they were developing prototype uh, aerial weapons like rockets and that sort of thing. So I thought he was a really cool story. And the Jersey Devil, I, I lived in New Jersey for quite some time, and it, it was everywhere. <laughs> um, and it's really part of the history there because it, it dates back from, you know, like the 1750s where it's tied into the occult history of the area and the the fear of witchcraft and and occult powers. And I thought that was really interesting. And it's funny because I – dismissed that one more or less until when I was designing the, the sculpture, I came across a few sightings that were listed by park rangers. And I thought, wow, that's, these are people that are considered to be fairly, uh, at least adept at their jobs. And they have an mm -hmm. experience with wildlife and wildlife, uh, at least uh, the different species that they come across. And they were filing reports on seeing this large horned man, deer, elk, <laughs> creature, <laughs> you know, which I found fascinating because that one always seemed to be the silliest one, but um, it, it just reinforced it as being something really cool. And I love the fact that it, I, I had spent so much time working on licensed products, like licensed toy lines from films and games and TV shows that I wanted to do something that was not tied into a license that was mm. sort of could be more general knowledge that was a bit more timeless. Um, and that's why I chose these. I thought it would be cool to do something that sort of um, other people had heard of that wasn't tied into a, a license that was coming and going at the time. So on your the, the Kickstarter site, you've got a little bio or description of each of the monsters. Does that actually come from research? Not, not just yeah, it comes from research. Wow, yeah. that's fantastic. 
Yeah, each of those bios is based on a real eyewitness description. And I like I poured through each of these um, bios and re- reading all these accounts. And that's how I came up with a composite design for the creatures. Like I read anything I could find based on uh, a person's eyewitness description. And then I drew sketches of them. And then I did, I I made them a a little bit more dramatic, but they're still all the features and all the designs and all the textures and all the colors are based on all actual eyewitness feedback. And each of the figures comes with a description of one of the accounts with it. Um, which you know gives it a date, a time, and a place, and gives it some purpose mm-hmm. instead of it just being a random monster. Is that it's a monster that was based on someone's account or yeah. many people's account? Yeah, for for me personally, these figures are pretty much awesome as as they stand on their own. But you've actually managed to incorporate them into a game as well. I did. I added a game component, and you know, part of that came from I I had them in the product category in Kickstarter on Kickstarter, and they were doing okay, and the press was pretty well received, but the it wasn't the right audience because I started looking, and, and really very few action figure lines had, had been able to succeed on, in Kickstarter. Only the herbal, urban vinyl stuff is doing well. <laughs> and I started to look at the audience of who was in that category and who was looking at stuff, and they were the people looking for things for their phones or, or pens or wallets or watches. And I decided I'm looking for people that want entertainment things and not – products that they need to function on an everyday basis of course who doesn't need a mothman figure in their pocket (laughs) you know but so i'm like i I need to move it to another audience what is the best more appropriate audience and it ended up being once i started looking through the board game category and the uh, more digital game i decided that was the best route to go that was the best group of people they were into entertainment things and i decided to um add a card component. And at first it was going to be just a simple collectible card. And as I thought about it, I thought I should design a game behind it to give it some purpose and give it some meaning. And I thought about it in the old sense of like the old Godzilla movies or the Ultraman series where you had these two powerful creatures fighting against each other. Mm -hmm. And that became the backdrop for the design of the game where it's really fast. It's a one-on-one situation where you basically have these two creatures pitting against each other. Um, And you can also fight in groups. And that's sort of how the game came to be and how it ended up coming into fruition. And even I asked some other people that I knew were game designers and they said, why don't you try to do it yourself? Cause I said, I want to do something and I, and I need it done quickly because I, I want to launch a new campaign. And they're like, well, that normally takes a couple of weeks. And I said, how about 48 hours? And they're like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, I, I do work on video games during the day. And I, it, for some reason it never dawned on me. Like I should just figure out because I, I work as a designer, I should just figure out my own rule set and come up with a system. And that's what I did and it ended up working out really well in a really surprising way. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I have uh, two older girls, like uh, 12 and or 13 and 11, and they've been playing it because I've been timing them how long it takes. And they spend more time <laughs> arguing than actually playing. <laughs> and then being very upset because Chupacabra seems to win almost every time. So oh. I might have to do some changes to him. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, that's odd because I've got two girls of similar ages and they never argue. <laughs> right? no, not at all. That's <laughs> all <So> they do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm joking way. just a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Oh. Um, so 
I, I guess you've started on the the background of how this came to be a Kickstarter, um, but you know what has it been like um, running this project? And obviously, while you've still got time to go, you've you've reached sure. your goal and it is funded. So, what has that journey been like? I think the journey has been one that it's opened many doors and many paths that didn't exist previously. Mm. When I when I had worked on it before, I had certain set paths before Kickstarter that said I can use the factories that I was using before for the lines that I was developing because I worked on normal stuff like Spider-Man figures and X-Men figures, excuse me, sort of high-volume stuff with high-volume factories. So when I originally decided to contact them again, they said, our numbers are here. And I'm like, wow, they want to do at least 40,000 figures. There's no way I personally can sell 40,000 figures. <laughs> you know, I could drive around in a truck for the rest of my life, and that's not going to happen. So I said, well, I need to come up with a different system. So I started to look around and talk to casting shops and mold-making shops because they can do small volume. It's expensive, but they are willing to take it on where a lot of the factories in China China, they said we won't touch it unless it's let's say at least ten to twenty thousand figures because of the cost of hooking it up to our machines, mm. and so it became a, a question of like how how cheaply can I get it done at, at maintaining the quality that I want, and how many of the processes can I do myself? So it really came down to saying, well, I'm going to try to do everything I can myself to reduce the costs. So I'm only looking at somebody that needs to make the molds and then needs to pour the material. And then they pop those materials out. They'll send them to me and I can assemble them and then paint them with a team of artists and pack yeah. them. And that's, that's how we came up with the number that we did. And that number, we, we smashed through that goal, I think in 13 hours. So wow. it was really surprising, like how much uh, response we had. And, and I think a lot of it came to do with putting it in that new category and, and getting it to people that, normally buy action figures but normally don't look in the product category in kickstarter and that might have just be normally looking in the game stuff um so we we're, we're at the point where we have two weeks left and now i'm just unlocking additional cards that people can play with um and then the extra funds that are being generated i'm i'm having um sent to the sculptor um, who is actually doing the next series of figures. And he's actually started on the first one already, which is Slender Man, which I added only recently because I didn't realize how popular he was. Mm. <laughs> but kids, like, lose their mind. He's, like, everywhere in every conversation that I hear from them. They're all about Slender Man. And they don't even care that he's an Internet creation. They still obsess about him as being real, <laughs> even though he was created on the Internet in 2008 <laughs> in a contest. But I found it fascinating because he sort of ended up being the – super modern urban legend yeah. something that was created digital that sort of traveled worldwide and has he has a back history where he's from germany and he was in world war one and you know it's funny because he appeared on the internet but you know it's generated all this sort of background and story and you know it's it's pretty fascinating in that way so yeah the the whatever we get from this point going forward is going into the next series of figures um, and it's funny because I had planned on doing a, a Lovecraftian series of figures oh, cool. that I'm calling Eldritch Horrors. That's going to be in the same scale. And I, I started working on cards for those as well because it actually fit into the same world of, of the other figures to play against, which I'd never planned on. But the card thing seems to be a good bridge um, to pull them all together in a way. Yeah. 
And for the people that are dedicated to the card game, that helps uh, the people that are interested in the action figure line because that's that's where the cost is is in terms of the development and the materials used to make the figures. The card game is is very low cost in comparison, but the more interest I can get from the card game, the more figures I can create for the monsters. Yeah. Um, so it's been. Do you interesting think the the second series is going to be a, a Kickstarter as well, or? It will. I actually have it built already as a template. Uh, I'm just waiting for the the rest of the sculpts to get generated, and the it's it's odd because the the people presently are paying for their own series one figures, but they're also paying for the development of the second series, um, and then they'll be able to see where their money has gone into the next series of figures. And I'm going to be updating the existing Kickstarter site with photos from the sculptor as he sculpts things so they can see like where things are going and how things are developing excellent is is it a bit of a scary and that series i don't know if you guys are familiar it's it's listed but it's uh, some what's that uh, you're right mate yeah can you hear me okay yeah we can hear yeah, you fine yeah, yep yeah. okay. <laughs> You said, is it a bit of a scary? I was just saying, like, is, is it a bit of a scary um, undertaking, like, you know, because obviously th- there's accountability attached to this. It's people's money, you know, et cetera. And, sure. and, and obviously a lot of thought has to go into it before you embark on this. Is it a, a bit exciting but kind of frightening at the same time? It is. I, I, it's exciting. You're right. It's frightening and mainly because – I I think that from the creator point of view and the person who originates the Kickstarter lines, there's only so much they can do before it has to be passed off into other people's hands and they're being passed off into hands of people that you may or may not have worked with. Hmm. Uh, and, and like for myself, I'm sending these figures off to a modeling studio in Maine. Um, I only decided to use them because I found another Kickstarter uh, that had done – uh, flexible PVC figures and they had used the studio and the figures came out and the figures were able to populate to the audience. So that's, th- that made me feel more comfortable at signing with them hmm. and, and being comfortable with them doing the figures. If they had not done any work with anyone or anyone I'd been in contact with, I probably wouldn't have been, um, willing to do that. And the previous place I had used, um, they were doing a lot of the casting for gentle giant. So I was very comfortable with that because they had an existing, uh, you know, relationship with a, a good client and, and a good reputation. They were a bit more money, but I was, I had decided like, it's, it's sort of, you get what you pay for and I'm going to put as much money towards them as possible just to guarantee that it's the quality that I want. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a risk. And, you know, even when it comes to the world of, of let's say packaging and blister carding and stuff like that. In my previous experience, like that was something that I would meet clients physically and they would show me proofs and samples. And now because things are so digital that you get things airmailed or they approve digital samples before going into production. So it's a bit faster of a process, but yeah. it's a bit loose in that way. Yeah. Um, and what's the time frame on these in terms of when you expect that the first series will actually come out? The the first series I'm releasing are right around Halloween. Like, okay, oh great! They'll be done at the end of September, and I want to he- throw like um, 
a, a large Halloween party in our area for myself and some other Kickstarters that are involved in either the toy or the horror, the monster world. And, and I figured it would be appropriate to have them released for Halloween being that they're monster themed and that sort of thing. So that's, that's my goal. And we can definitely hit that at this point. Um, and are you planning on sleeping about. between now and then or <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> I sleep a little bit at night, but it's it, for me, like the assembly and painting part is going to be relaxing. I worked as an army painter for games workshop years and years ago. So I was used to painting thousands of figures mm. in a period of, of months. So for me, this is easier because they're much bigger and they're simplified in terms of like their color palette. Um, so it's, it's definitely daunting because I'm still looking at at least 500 figures that are going to be painted. Um, uh-huh. and, and, and that's at the halfway point. So we may double that number by the time we get to the end of our right. campaign. And that's when I'll start to get really sketchy. <laughs> um, you know, for, for those people who might be listening and are, are interested in, you know, and think, um, wow, this, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to jump on Kickstarter mm-hmm. tonight and, and put up my own idea for, you know, my, my action figure line of famous serial killers or something. I'm just sort of, <laughs> yeah, you know. which has already been done. Oh, really? It's <laughs> morally, but. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just wondering, um, you know, obviously you, you do this because you, you love it and you love the idea yeah, you want to yeah. see these toys in people's hands. But, um, you know, just how much time does does it consume uh, you oh it consumes sort of... hundreds of hours <laughs> like i think i started i started these in october and wasn't able to launch the first campaign until almost february and that's after the figures were done and painted like i was doing touch-ups i was doing photography i was redesigning packaging i was building the kickstarter campaign and filming videos and it took literally hundreds and hundreds of hours wow. just to get it to be where i wanted it and the, the, I mean, if I hadn't already had the sculptures already paid for the sculptures, that's, that's where it would have hit me heaviest. Cause that's where the cost is. Mm. And, and even the people I worked with are comfortable because I, I worked with some of the guys at McFarland years ago where they will cut me a break, but they normally charge about a thousand dollars an inch. So oh, wow. yeah, it, which is insane. So I, I, I would have spent at least 20,000, probably $25,000 just on the figures before even starting anything before photography or painting or packaging or anything. So that's why I need funds from the current one to generate the next few sculpts. That's, that's the only thing that's like not in my um, wheelhouse of what I do as far as, as a designer, I'm not a sculptor. I can sculpt at a decent level, but I, I need them to be as professional as possible. So I always try to find the best guys I can. Um, and I, and I try to do the other parts myself. Like I do the blueprints and the research and the drawings and the paintings and photography and website and packaging and all that stuff. But I, I draw the line at sculpting and said, you know, this is something that these people have been doing for years. I can't just grab some wire and go, I'm just going to throw some stuff together and hope for the best. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like a real labor of love. And, it is. Yeah. And yeah. we're delighted for you that it's actually, um, paid off, and we're really looking forward to, yeah, to thank you. talking about the first wave when they come out. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be great. I would love and, – and just so you guys know, I have a, a sea serpent line in development too, which is awesome. It's sort of like all the sea serpents from all over the world um, <laughs> that should be really cool fighting against each other. And I'm doing another one called Night Terrors. That's uh, It's a series of figures that are based on childhood nightmares. So like the, <laughs> the things that kids are scared of, like the monster in the closet and the thing under the bed and the creature under the stairs and the boogeyman. Like I figure those would be cool and probably uh, terrifying. Five kids and adults alike. 
and don't forget the evil clown. <laughs> That's right, the evil clown. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yes. So just wrapping up, this your, your Kickstarter for Series 1 ends on uh, Saturday the 4th of May, so that's another yes. another week. Is that right? Yeah, two, it's like, two weeks. Uh, it's two weeks. I think two it's weeks. 13 days. Okay, fantastic. Point. So that, there will still be time um, for people yes. listening to this. Um, there will yes. still be time to head over to Kickstarter, search Legendary Monsters, and have a look. Um, yes. I, I have put in my own backing for Mothman and the Jersey Devil because I just think that they are awesome. So I can't <laughs> wait to get them and we'll certainly Thank you very much. Um, review them and talk about them here on the show. And um, Todd, we really appreciate your time. Sure thing. I love talking to you guys. It was my pleasure. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, sure. indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. We are talking crowdfunded toy projects tonight, and we're delighted to have the team from Papa Bear with us. They have a Kickstarter going at the moment um, for a really interesting product that has already been successfully funded, um, and we're keen to chat to you um, about the process of running a Kickstarter as well as the fantastic product. Now, we're joined by three different guys from the team tonight, so I'm going to let you introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about who you are and also um, what your role in the project has been. Sure. My name is David Nguyen. I'm the creator and designer for Papa Bear. And I'm Gentry Tui Buckner. I'm known as the Mad Catter, and I've done all the CAD design for the Papa Bear. And I'm Michael Ryan. I'm an architect that helped with uh, building the model and painting and finishing it, because I like to do that. Fantastic. Well, look, start off just by telling us what this product is. So it's a um, vinyl USB toy, and it's a desktop companion. We spend a lot of time sitting in front of our desks when we work, so we wanted to come up with a toy that could keep us company during those long hours. <laughs> and allow you out of toy when you're in the office. That's something that was legit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and how long has this been in the creation process? I would say about two years. A couple of years ago, uh, David and I went to the Comic-Con and he had drawn Papa Bear. I thought it would be cool to have a, a toy. Yeah, we were inspired by all the toys at Comic-Con from like Sideshow and um, Gentle Giants and Kid Robot. And so we just thought, why not try and make a toy of our own? Fantastic. <laughs> and yeah. did you plan from the start that it would you would do it as a, a crowdfunded Kickstarter um, project? Or how did that come about? Actually, um, no, we, uh, we put it on Reddit. I don't know if you guys know what Reddit is, but, um, yeah, yeah. just as a community and we, we put it on there just to see how people would react. And, uh, we got a lot of love and people suggested to put it on Kickstarter, which is never our, it was never our intention to actually sell these things. So, uh, yeah, we put it on, um, about three weeks ago and yeah, it's currently fully funded. Oh. We really freaked ourselves out basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, I mean, let's talk about the product first. Like, 
what has been involved in making this? You've you've got a a video and um, a great set of photos of the process on Kickstarter, but just talk us through the design and then um, prototype making process. So uh, David, he came up with the sketches for Papa Bear, and uh, I had him draw up a sort of frontal view and a side view, and I made a three D model of that. Um, then it was sort of kind of like well, what are we going to do with this toy? How are we going to make the armor and whatnot? How are we going to make it attach? And uh, uh, I had been doing CAD for jewelry, and uh, I did a couple pieces with magnets. So I thought, you know, magnets are kind of a cool thing that's kind of modern. And we uh, decided to use USB, since we do use the computer all the time. Um, um, yeah, and so luckily my Uncle Twee has... Um a 3D printer, so we were able to produce a prototype right from his um, his CAD sketches. So you know, it's been uh, it's been great. Everything was homemade here um, in uh, in our condo in um, Emeryville, California. And, and I think we started kind of with the idea that we might just make a toy for each of ourselves. So we sort of all jumped together and said, you know, somebody will make it. Somebody will put it together and glue it together and print it out and somebody will paint it and we'll just have three of them for ourselves. And if we don't go anywhere with it, at least we all three have a really cool toy we can play with. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah. I was just going to say, you've got some sort of really obvious influences there, but um, how did it come together in, in a sense that you decided to include a USB, you decided that the main character would be a bear, you've got sort of the whole guns and armor thing happening. What are the influences behind that? Um, well, actually, for the USB, um, I actually work in advertising, and as a leap behind at interviews, I kind of want to leave my mark. So I was thinking of putting my resume and all that stuff on this USB stick and leave it behind. So uh, that's where the USB kind of came about. But uh, for the bear, it's um, I play a lot of video games, and my moniker has always been Papa Bear okay. from uh, <laughs> from the Jungle Book. It's been one of my favorite books, and that's what Mowgli calls Baloo, hmm. uh, Papa Bear. So that's where the name comes from. And I, I don't know. I mean, I've been influenced by a ton of animation and, you know, we're a big fan of Marvel and, uh, you know, the X-Men and Dragon Ball and all that stuff. So that kind of all morphed together into Papa Bear, the design of Papa Bear. And I noticed that you've developed a whole backstory for the character as well. How, how did that come about? Um, yeah, I mean, again, we read a lot of you know, comics and sci-fi and, um, you know, I don't know, I think something about a post-apocalyptic world is uh, something that I know we all love. So um, it's still a work in progress right now, but uh, yeah, it's been fun writing it for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, you mentioned before that Tui has got a 3D printer. So you're basically saying he has a replicator. Is that like it, he, can, he can make Ow. stuff? You yeah. can make stuff, yeah. Man, that, that's, what I, it, yeah. The, that's what I do for jewelry. That's my other job besides Papa Bear. Okay. We just try to convince him to make all sorts of other useless stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at my expense. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> the, the 3D printer has a grow plate, so there's a maximum size of stuff we can fit on it at any one time. And Tui might only print and use half of that grow plate for one cycle. Mm. And so we fit other stuff on there and get it in and run it in tandem. So it's not like we're taking extra time on the machine if he needs it for, you know, another project or something like that, too. 
we sort of fit <laughs> fit our junk onto the machine when we can. <laughs> oh, that, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, moving on to the Kickstarter project, how did the um, the decision to put it on Kickstarter come about? You mentioned feedback on Reddit, and how much work did you put into the um, campaign before it went live? Um, it was actually, yeah. I mean, we did a lot of research, a lot of homework before putting it on. Um, one thing is that we had to get in touch with a ton of blogs, um, like toy blogs, tech blogs, stuff like that, just to. And yeah, we had to start an account, uh, an Amazon account, to uh, you know to set it up. It took actually quite a while and uh, to get everything approved, and then you know to write up all the rewards and you know all the pictures and stuff. It it was quite a bit of work, but um, I feel it paid off, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's doing quite well. <laughs> yeah, David's done a lot of like extra fluff work. You know, he did a lot of background art and stuff like that that we're able to use for maybe t shirts or like skateboards we have offered. And uh, he's just been a machine, you know, with, with all this backstory and stuff. So that's all David, really. And when it went live, what expectation did you have of how it would go? Um, yeah, we were all pretty scared. I mean, I don't, I guess we all <laughs> realized how well it, um, would do. I mean, um, it was a pleasant surprise that we got a lot of backing and a lot of support from, um, a ton of people in the Kickstarter community. And, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know, were you surprised, Uncle T? Like, like, totally surprised. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, uh, I do jewelry and whatnot and I'm not really, I love toys, but, uh, you know, to go on Kickstarter and to go on Reddit and all of these stuff and be a failure is definitely scary. <laughs> yeah, we, we basically prepared ourselves for an absolute flail. And then when the money started, you know, chinking up pretty quickly, we were, uh, we were you know. It was ecstatic. Yeah, sure. ecstatic and, and, again, scared a little bit. Yeah, scared for but, sure. But even now our campaign isn't even over and I'm 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 still a little scared because the money keeps going up and every time that it goes up uh, i see more work <laughs> <laughs> the responsibility has grown for sure yeah because yeah. we set up these uh, things called stretch goals and every time we meet, meet that benchmark um we give people who've pledged a hundred dollars or more um a new item so at the thirty-five thousand mark we're introducing a new toy that we're working on right now called destroy papa bear and that's just before he gets all his armor and stuff so I mean, yeah, it's just more work. I mean, the the more backing we get, for sure, the more work. But we're we're thrilled to do it. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, in in putting something together like this, you're you're obviously investigating the the production process, and and there's there's images on the the Kickstarter page. Uh, of one of you guys putting together the box that he comes in. Um, you know, how do you make the decision about, you know, what you're going to do yourself and what's feasible as opposed to what you can outsource? Well, I mean, so far, uh, I'm like on all the design and, and like the, uh, I mean, one of the things that we're using is magnets and then USBs and whatnot. I mean, the thing, uh, we've already made two different prototypes you know, because uh, like from CAD and whatnot, I'm learning, um, you know, what is expected from a metal mold when you're doing a, a PVC injection uh, molding. Um, just, just, just sort of like trying to find distributors for magnets and what are the costs that we can get. You know, they have definite volume requirements. Um, you know, just trying to do our due diligence and finding like all the different avenues. 
mm -hmm. what are the different materials because uh, we do want to do some vinyl but then at some point we have to do some harder plastics too so yeah. we're learning definitely a lot about the process and you know again one of the scary things is realizing the amount of, of, of things that we actually have to do like from Kickstarter, we were thinking maybe we'll do a run. No, before we even started, we were like maybe a thousand bears or two thousand. Now we're seriously looking at like five thousand to wow. I don't know, maybe ten thousand, and that's oh. totally we didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, it's totally uh, unexpected for sure. I mean, we just wanted to make toys to play with <laughs> and keep it fun, right? It was never our intention to really sell it. So I mean, we're all we're learning as we go, and it's been a crazy journey so far. Absolutely. Yeah, we're basically right now <laughs> figuring out what our unit cost is and then how many we're obligated to produce versus how much money we're going to get. And we're balancing all that. And we're talking to people to see if they can do 100% of the toy or some of it, or we have to help out. And, and we don't know. We're just, we're really running those numbers right now. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the best would be for us to find a one stop shop that does all the packaging, the, uh, the uh, putting together and then the assembly and yeah, painting, painting and everything. And... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah th that's something I think that, you know, as I try to get my head around how this works, that must be really challenging is without a understanding of what the end point is to, to work out what the process is going to be to actually fulfill the orders that people make, because obviously a lot of that depends on, you know, the volume that you end up selling. So it sounds like that's something that you're having to wrestle with just at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. We, we're just right now creating spreadsheets to start balancing out the costs and see where we go. And, and, uh, yeah, we have, different companies producing proposals for us on how much they're going to do of the work and that sort of thing. We're, we're really figuring it out as we go along right now. Mm -hmm. So when are you expecting that Papa Bear will actually hit desks? <laughs> um, well, our initial, uh, what we put on Kickstarter is around October, but um, depending on, we're speaking to a few manufacturers right now and, um, most of the factories are in China, actually, and he's been telling us that whatever you expect, add two months to that because there's just <laughs> something bound to go wrong. So, I mean, that's a thing with Kickstarter as well. We've been told, and I think we have been doing, um, just being completely transparent with everybody involved, just, uh, you know, keep updating and um, just keeping everybody in the, on the same page so that they know that, hey, you know, we're doing this and, um, just so they know that, you know, they're not in the dark and, you know, they know where we're at. So if there are delays, they understand. Yeah. Their toy is on the way. Yeah. That their toy is on the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the things, particularly when we look at, you know, toys, I know there's been a lot of other, um, comic related Kickstarter projects that I have looked at, but I haven't actually, you know, pulled the trigger on, but I would say that the, um, delivery rate on those is probably 50-50 in terms of, um, you know, ones that meet targets and ones that maybe seem like they're never going to come to be. Um, <clears throat> but with a, with a toy that people are expecting, you've obviously got a, um, you know, a fairly firm expectation that, hey, I'm going to end up with, I'm not just giving you money to write this comic, I'm, I'm giving you money so that I end up with a cool thing on my desk. And yeah. so is that pressure a bit scary? 
Um, yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely scary for sure. Because I mean, I mean, of course, we want to put out a badass, uh, you know, product, and we, we want we want it to be of like high quality. So, I mean, of course, um, we want people to have you know exactly what we want. So, um, but you know, at the same time, you know, um, we're really uh, going for manufacturing right now, and we'll be making final decisions. But you know, even since uh, those pictures on Kickstarter and whatnot, we've actually developed a, a quite a quite a bit on the model and have done uh, quite a bit of changes too. So, you know, I mean, even from the video, it's going to be a little different, but I, I think that, you know, I mean, one of the things that we've been trying to do is when people make suggestions, we try to listen to them. And, you know, there are going to be a couple of things that, that we're going to stick to our guns on, but I mean, that's one of the things that are scary because, you know, they might not understand. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. No, I, I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. So, is um, is this the kind of process that's had you guys uh, tearing your hair out, you know, uh, getting grey hairs, etc., or, or are you enjoying it so much you're already considering a, a sidekick for Papa Bear? Um, yes, yes, we are actually <laughs> in the works of um, developing a sidekick, but there are, have been times where we've been pulling out our hairs for sure. <laughs> I mean, this is completely new to us. I mean, uh, when we were initially starting this project. Um, you know, the 3D printing is not exactly a perfect science, right? So we had a lot of issues with, um, and it takes about, I mean, per build about eight hours on average. So, oh. you know, if a build goes wrong, that's eight hours, you know, mm -hmm. down the drain. So there's been full days wasted and it's super frustrating, but at the same time, you know, once, once it's all done and, you know, we had it sitting in, in front of our desk fully painted, it was, you know, it was really worth it. It was awesome. That feeling was great. That is very cool. Well, this is the the first Kickstarter that I have ever backed. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, we're thank honored. you very much. Awesome. Yeah, we're honored. Thank you. And then the other person that we're interviewing is the second. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure that they weren't the first? No, I can't. No, you, you guys okay. were the gateway drug. Um, oh, the, <laughs> but, I, you know, what I think that means is that you've got a product that people can look at and go, oh, yeah, that's fun. I really want that. And, you know, Ben, ben and I both sit at a desk all day and work on a computer and you, know, you can kind of go, oh, yeah, that'll be fun to have around. You know, it's a um, – so, so I think you've obviously hit on something that has a an appeal and uh, that's very exciting. Now, the Kickstarter is not over yet. You've still got how – you've got three weeks to yeah, go? Or? A little under three weeks, about two and a half weeks now. Fantastic. So if people are interested, it'll still be live when this goes to air. So you just go to Kickstarter and search Papa Bear, P-A-P-A-B-E-H-R. Um, and uh, there's still time to get on board. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Um, congratulations on the success of this, and we wish you all the best, and we'll certainly be following the progress of this. And um, once we, once I've got mine in my hot little hand, um, we'll definitely talk about it on the show and tell everyone how it turned out. We'd love to. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. It's been an honor. Our, it's definitely our, an honor. Our pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. 
Well, before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And you may just hear it read out. And, John, you've got our first piece of feedback. Yep, our feedback comes from Max. And Max asks, guys, love the show. I was wondering how long it takes you to record and prepare each episode. You do a really decent amount of content each week, and it always sounds good. It seems like it would be a lot of work. Question mark. Tell us about the process. <laughs> Where do we start? Where do we start? <laughs> well, probably, first of all, it's about the two hours that Ben spends in makeup before we can begin. Um, yeah, I can just I, I can never get it right, so I always get um, Stacy from uh, from reception to help me out. <laughs> she's very yeah, good like that. She, in addition to answering calls and, and organising our feedback each week, yeah, she's actually made a bit of a complaint about that. But anyway, there you go. Mm. Well, how long does it take us? Well, I mean, <laughs> as as most people are probably aware, we've got a rotating group of um, six of us so in addition to um, Scott John and myself there's also Justin Eli and uh, Adam and so we we try to plan uh, at least a few weeks in advance to see who's actually available for the show and we organize a a team of um, usually three occasionally if there's enough people um, we do four Um, but you know beyond that we've we've never really bothered to I think we've had one or two episodes we've had more than four people, but we use um, Google Documents. I don't know if other people are using them, but we find that particularly handy for organising the scripts and things. And so really, what do we do? We, we start a script early in the week and, and generally start filling it out with news items as we find them. Yeah. Yeah, I normally do mine, like if I'm at lunch reading stuff, I'll just, you know, if I read something, I'll pop it in right then. And so, I mean, it's for me, it's, you know, just stuff I would normally read. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. collect the uh, – and we have that ongoing discussion about, okay, what's the trade of the week? What's the topic? Occasionally that's planned, you know, a bit further ahead, but usually not. Um, yeah, because we try to be topical and uh, not get locked into things too quickly um, in case there's breaking news. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you don't you don't actually have to specify what toy you're going to do in Toy of the Week. It's just we generally try to, to rotate it out so the same person's not doing it every week and um, we just ask someone if they're happy to do Toy of the Week and if they are, we, we leave it up to them to choose something and um, obviously try not to repeat ourselves. That's why we, we um, rotate it out between action figures and statues and vinyl and things like that. Yep. And then on the night, we'll probably spend about three hours... Um, recording for an hour and a half of show, hour and a half to four, hour and 40 minutes of show. Yes. Um, unless if I'm not there, I think they get it done quicker. Yes, that is true. Yeah, Cause I don't, <laughs> because I'm, why is that? Because I, oh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I, mm. Because you know, that, that I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And then, mm. uh, Scott, you generally sort of ed- edit over sort of um, several days, don't you, just doing bits here and there? What I normally – I have a little routine that can be foiled by life and children and things, but what I try to do is um, whack it all, like all the raw stuff, into a file that I can listen to on my drive to work on a Monday and then do the editing on a Monday night where I edit the segments together and edit the sound quality and that sort of thing. And then listen to that on my drive to and framework on Tuesday, because nine times out of 10, I miss something um, that you know needs to be cut out. 
and then uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night, I work on the enhanced podcast, um, putting the pretty pictures in, and then Thursday, um, ideally Wednesday, but usually Thursday, I actually upload it um, and do all the iTunes stuff so that it can be downloaded in iTunes. And uh, yeah, so I work on it almost every night of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and there you are there's there's the magic revealed max uh, i right. enjoyed that yeah i hope we didn't um your illusions weren't completely destroyed yeah all right well i think that's uh that's a wrap for the the show guys i think it is it was great fun Indeed. And, yeah it was fun so As we, always. and then this is the part where we wrap things up we say our goodbyes and we cut to the tag yay bye everybody Bye, everybody. Superman's mother's not named Ethel. Mm, Dear. Play with your toys. And, uh, yeah. Not with yourself. Call your mom. Bye. 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 Au revoir. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. do the the custom intro i always write it out in a different document you write it out you write out your custom intros yeah what you mean you can't just generate them on the spot no you plan your custom intros i do i plan them but i never write them out i don't even plan them i just say whatever shit comes out of my mouth first and that's why mine are so much better (laughs) (laughs) oh come on you walked right into that (laughs) i did Brought to you by the Big Top Network.